0: Walking Grace Podcast. Let's go. All right, let's go. This is the Walking Grace Podcast, and it's your girl, Cindy Grace. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, girl? How you doing, brother? Yai Mm -hmm. You know, I always do my regular check-in here I like to Make sure that you're good, right? Because it's not just tuning in all the time and then listening to what Cindy Grace has to say. I also care about your well-being. So if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to my channel. I am extending a tight bear hug to you right now, squeezing you on your chair, wherever you're tuning in. Um, just embracing you with a warm hug and just saying welcome to this channel. And I know that you tuned in into the right place because God is going to bless you on here. That is is a given. Okay. And for those who have been tuning in, come on y'all, come on y'all. There won't be no walking grace podcast without y'all. So you guys are doing great. I appreciate every one of you who are, um, who keep clicking and tuning in every week. Um, yeah. So thank you so much from the, from the depths of my heart. You are making my dreams come true and you are making what I'm doing. Um, meaningful. So thank you very, very much. So today we are going to be talking about how to guard your heart in this season. Hurt, offense, unforgiveness is one of the most powerful tool the enemies use in these days to destroy relationships that matter, right? And these things live in your heart, So if you have unforgiveness and hurt in you or offense, we know that that alone can kind of um, stop you from seeing the blessings or being a blessing to someone. So it's a powerful tool the enemy is using this season. And I'm really sure that God wants to free people from it. There are four spiritual ways of guarding your heart and four Practical ways of guarding your heart. But first of all, I'm going to talk about the spiritual way of guarding your heart, and then would later cover the practical way of guarding your heart in the season. We are spiritual beings having a human experience and the spirit is the foundations of all things. I don't care what you do or who says what. If you don't cover the spiritual grounds of, of your life, whatever you do practically or physically won't stand. So if I were to just tell you the practical things like a motivation speaker and not talk about the spiritual, I'm literally pouring water into basket it, it will hold nothing, all right? So it's a disservice to you. Um, And that's why we're going to talk about it So the first godly way of of protecting or guarding your heart in this season is through the word of God Now, knowing the the Bible well is key because it helps you to know what God expects from you As regards to how you ought to position your heart in a way that pleases God and not yourself we need to be wise about God and his ways in this season and lead lives that are informed, guided, edified and empowered by his word and his spirit. I love what Hebrews 5:14 says. He says, "Solid food is for the mature." who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from from evil. Paul says in Romans 16, 19, that God wants us to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The Bible is not only for promises, right? It's also for instructions, God's instructions. It's literally the blueprint of life. And when we operate us outside his rules, we give room for the enemy to come and cause problems that in return will hurt us. I tell people that most of the problems we face today is not by natural cost, cause, because people be like, oh, it's all this life. Some of it isn't life. Some of the problems that you face is caused by your disobedience because when, when was the last time you obeyed what God said in his word regarding to forgiveness, regarding to love? When was the last time you did that? So we need to take God's rule seriously to reduce the level of attack um, or heartache we attract to our lives. The word is necessary as it helps us in having our minds and our hearts renewed, right? And only then can we discern and know God's perfect will for our lives. So we need, we need his word. It's his word, I call his word um, soul food. It's it's the food of your heart. The more you keep taking it in, the more you keep taking it in. You be full of it. And and your your mouth speaks it. And when your mouth speaks it, you, you become what it what you what you say. So we need to take God's word seriously in this season if we if we want to guard our hearts properly spiritually. Now the second way of God in our hearts is through prayer and noble thoughts, good thoughts, right? They say, prayer is the key, prayer is the key, prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer. Prayer is the master key. So prayer, when you pray, you are carving, you know, a master key, that locks the gate of your heart from the lies of the enemy, right? Prayer is powerful like that. And when we read Philippians four six to seven, Paul promises that God will guard the hearts of the hearts and mind of those that submit everything to him in prayer. Now, I'd like to believe that prayer is a daily habit that you have as a Christian. Because if you don't pray, you are doomed to stumble. Because you don't see the future, only God does, right? So prayer is something that we need to take seriously. We need we need to we need to pray without season, because when we do that, we just literally destroy the 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 attacks of the enemy in our lives and in our hearts. So that's. That's for that part. Now, when we come down to noble thoughts, we, when we go to Philippians, um, verse four, eight, Paul says there that whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely or admirable, if anything is excellent and worthy of praise, we should think about these things. <clears throat> This is a very far-fetched thing in today's world because our brains and our minds are so wired by the world to think of the worst-case scenarios. We, we always think about what could go wrong, what could fail, negative things rather than positive things. And, and we see what God is commanding us here, that we ought to put our thoughts to things that are pure and right and perfect. Because if we think about the will of God, the will of God is right, is to prosper us and all that we do is perfect. So if he commands us to think like this, that means that there was something in, in the provision for our lives that, that matches to his promises, right? So we ought to think the way that God has called us to think. And I like to say this, that whatever you put Your thoughts, too, affects how your heart functions. Whatever the mind thinks, the heart feels. And whatever the heart feels, the mouth speaks. And whatever the mouth speaks, the body follows. So it is important on what we set our minds on. And it should always be positive because if we put our, our minds on positive and hopeful things, then our heart will be full of it. But if we put our minds on things that are negative, then our heart will in, will indirectly be heavy. And that is not the way to feel. Okay. So we should always follow Paul's advice in Colossians 3, 1 to 2, when he says that we should set our hearts on things above where Christ is seated and not on worldly things. So the third I'm sorry, I'm trying to breeze through here. The third way of God in our heart spiritually is through holy living. Now, as well as making sure our thoughts are pure and godly and positive, we also need to live a virtuous life. If you read the several letters of Paul, Ephesians 4.1, Philippians 1.27, Colossians 1.10, you see that he urges believers to live lives in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. Now this is a standard of godly living that we must try to uphold with the help of the Holy Spirit. We cannot live a life of righteousness on our own. If you if, if you think you can do it, go on superhero, but me, I am flawed. So I go I go to the Spirit Always constantly to help me live the life that God wants me to live, right? Because God has called us to nothing less than holiness. And we think this is not attainable, but it is. It's not impossible, it's something that will. Will need honesty, vulnerability and work with the spirit for that to be achieved. So if God created us to be like him in, in true righteousness and holiness, you know, this higher calling, um, and God has equipped us with the same spirit to be able to attain those heights. So I believe that we can, if we avail ourselves to it, right? God calls us, um, to offer up our bodies in Ephesians 4 as living sacrifice, right? Holy and pleasing to him and not to be conformed to the patterns of this world, right? It is easier for God to work through us, speak to us and bless us when we are living a, right, a righteous and obedient life. It is. And now here is the kicker though. When we live like this, honey, it makes it more difficult for the enemy to influence or attack your heart. Because living right creates no room for the enemy to come into your heart, to soil it and control it. It's almost like it's what qualifies us and gives us access to the protective power of God. It makes us somewhat untouchable. Yes, when you're living holy, you are untouchable. And you feel less unworthy of God's grace because we know that in this season, we cannot spiritually give the enemy any room to penetrate our heart. So being on the pure side eliminates majority of that, right? So we must be on God from our own internal sinful ways, making sure that we please God and shame the enemy in everything that we do. I really hope that makes sense. So the last part is, the the fourth part, is that we can allow God to guard our hearts. I say this, putting your hearts in humans or the world is like casting your pearls to swines. They won't value or treasure it like God will. Putting your, your heart in the hands of God is safer than any bank and solid than any rock. When God is the custodian of your heart, he will preserve the very essence essence of its innocence and glory. He will always keep it in check, if you know what I mean, right? And cleanse it from any impurities to align it to his ways. So I tell people, if God made that heart, you can trust it with him, right? Because he knows the ins and outs. He knows how it ought to be. So we can trust God with our hearts, I love what Jeremiah said. He says in, in, in 17, verse 17, 9, He says, "The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And then God answered his question in Jeremiah 17:10 says, "I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. Proverbs 21 um, verse one to two, he says, the, king, the, 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 the king's heart, sorry, is in my hand is in the hands of the Lord, and he directs it like a water cause wherever he pleases, right? The hearts of kings are in God's hands, and he can do with it whatever he wills. All a man's ways seems right to him, but it's the Lord that weighs the heart. So when we continually offer our heart and mind to God, he has the power to search it and sanctify it with his spirit. Okay. I love it when King David wrote that search me, O Lord, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me, right? Paul Paul there you know he 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 shows the internal struggles of man with sin right and he and he also wrote that it's only God through Jesus who can truly res- rescue a person from his inherent sinful nature only God can cleanse our hearts and our minds but we need to cooperate with him for that to work right a, a heart that is peaceful is a heart that is set on God so trust him with it, okay? So that is that for the spiritual aspect. Now we will go to the practical aspect, uh, practical ways of guarding your heart. And I'm going to breeze through things here. So bear with me because I am trying to meet the time, okay? I hope, I hope I'm hope i making sense so far. Okay, I hope I didn't lose you. So there are four practical ways of guarding your heart. And the first one is to learn to set boundaries, I call boundaries your personal important rule that protects your inner peace, standards, or belief. People who don't have boundaries are bound to fall into anything, anytime. And any nonsense can come into your life and destroy it. And that is dangerous for your heart. For example, if purity of the body is your goal as a single woman and you entertain a prospect past 10 p.m. in your home, You do know that that line can be crossed because you didn't set healthy boundaries, right? If you want to attain that purity, you have to say 6 p.m. Ain't no dude coming to my crib, 6 p.m. Nope. You have to put that in there. Now, for me, these days, I have a very healthy boundary. Now, I I wish I knew this on time, but... it's it's better late than never. I have programmed myself to not surround myself around negative people, people who do not do anything for my gift, people who do, people who don't want to see me succeed, people who are jealous, people who are envious, people who are chaotic, people who always want trouble, people who are self-centered and oppressive. I will, I will love you from a distance, honey, but I will, I will not keep you in my company. My heart is the most fragile, part of me, I say there are a lot of things that I'm proud of in this world, but the one thing that I'm proud of the most is my heart, because my heart is everything, so I will protect it, before I didn't know how to protect it, and and I would just allow anyone to do anything, or say anything, or allow any kind of person in my space, but now I'm like, no, I got to set healthy boundaries to protect this heart so that I don't have hate when God has called me to love, so that I don't have envy when I'm supposed to be happy, so that I don't curse when I'm supposed to bless. So it is important. They said, if your left hand will cause you to sin, cut it off. If somebody is going to cause you to sin, love them from a distance, honey, and pray for them. But do not, I repeat, do not keep them in your company. It's not healthy for you or your heart. Okay, so we need to really set health healthy boundaries for ourselves in these times so if we really want to guard our hearts. Now, the second way is to understand and follow people as they are. It is a false belief if you think that you can change anyone especially for some of y'all who be like, there's this guy that I'm dating. I think I can change him. You do not have any power to change anyone. Only God does. So just discard that, that thought because it's, it's not reliable. It's not, it's not a reality, right? It, it, the fastest way to get hurt is to expect that people will see things the way you see things, Mm -mm, honey, people can never see things your way because number one, they are different from you. They have their own ways of thinking. They have their own personalities and attitudes and their ways of of expressing things, right? So in this season, rather than trying to force your thoughts on people, pray that God will give you the wisdom to understand people the way he made them Pray that God will give you the wisdom to relate with people the way he made them Because they're different from you You have to understand people's strengths and weaknesses in this season And work with and around them, right? I've told myself I cannot give something to a lazy person I can't give a work to a lazy person um, that I would rather give a reliable person to do If I want things to be done fast, I won't go to someone who loves to take his time because that's the way he is. He takes things slowly. Right. And this you can see you can see this dynamics in marriage where God is so perfect in the way that he balances people's weaknesses and strengths. I love that's one thing I love about marriage. So we have to understand people's strengths and weaknesses and follow them the way they are and not try to change them. You can influence them, but you can't change them. Right? So think about it. Now, the third way to guard your heart in this season is to teach people how to treat you. Mm. Okay. Um, before you even attempt this, I want to ask you what about yourself is teachable? Do you even know who you are <laughs> or even what to teach about yourself? Because a lot of people don't even understand principles let alone know how to teach them. So you have to, first of all, start the inner work in yourself. Once, you're, once you get to a place of complete understanding of who you are, whose you are, and where you're going, only then can you begin to teach people what works for you and what doesn't work for you. You have to do this. You have to do that. And when you, when you get there, you have to teach people these things because if you don't, people will keep doing things to you and think it's okay when it's not. And, and here you are just rumbling and grumbling and just killing yourself and people are not even aware that they're hurting you, right? So you need to teach people how to treat you. You have to love people like you love yourself because I believe that if you can give people the grace to understand and follow them the way they are, I think it's only fair that you require them to do the same for you, whether they want it or not. It's your life, right? But... I would say this again. You have to show people how to treat you by the godly standard of living, godly standard of living that God has called you to. You can't teach people bad attitudes and hot temperedness. You can't teach people mess and say, oh, well, I'm a diva. That's how God made me. You're going to have to deal with me like that, <laughs> honey. Don't confuse acquired stupidity with originality God did not make you crazy and a hot mess, honey You learned that So if you are chaotic, if you give people chaos They will return it back to you And then you will will feel hurt Call them mean Like you didn't dish that out in the first place they're they're just giving you what you're giving them. So you have to be careful of what you're even dishing out. You have to make sure that what you are giving out is fair and respectable. It's something of value and standard in class so that when you give these things out, when you teach these things out for people to treat you that way, people of wisdom will honor it. It's only foolish people would see that sort of thing and try to take advantage of it or not honor it or value it. But wise people who are even ought to be the people around you would honor it and they will, they will be in your life. You attract quality and not trash, if you understand what I'm saying, right? So you have to be able to teach people that and also be gracious to teach people how to treat you in your weakness and in your strengths, when it comes to your strengths, own it. You don't, you, don't need, you don't need nobody to tell you how to run your dreams. No one has the right to tell you that your dreams are your gift or who you are, or who God has made you to be is irrelevant. You matter, right? So own it. And f- as for your weaknesses, teach people how to be patient with you. You are a work in progress. Apologize when the display of your weakness hurts people. But don't hate yourself for it, okay? Because you're human. So you got to teach people how to treat you. Now, the last piece here, very important, is to manage your expectations. I'm telling you the truth. This is like one of the major hurt of people right now. We be expecting too much from God and we be expecting too much from people. Now, I tell people when it comes to expectation with God, God is able to do anything so you can trust him. But with God, you have to understand that his will, his timing, and ways are different from yours. So things might not always work out the way you expect them to with God. But we believe also that when they do, they will be perfect and they'll be worth it right? So you have to manage your expectations with God like that. Your ways are never going to be his ways, honey. Your thoughts are never going to be his thoughts. So you've you've got to really apply patience with God. You have to be wise about your expectations with him. And with people, first of all, God never called you to trust anyone. In the Bible, there's no way God says trust people. No, he says to put your trust in him, not even in yourself, right? So expecting humans to do things for you, it's it's kind of a weight that you put on people that they can't carry. And it's unfair because they got their own stuff to worry about. They got their own priorities. Even your own blood sisters or your blood brother, has their own priorities. There's sometimes that they would choose their own family over you. This is your own blood. So for you to respect people to always be there for you is a farce, it's a fallacy. It's kind of unrealistic because they're trying to even get their own mess together, let alone trying to, you know. So it is the root cause of heartaches. And I'm trying to save you from it, right? When you, when you, Understand that that, that that somebody is self-centered. You can't trust them to be there for you. And that's what I said. When you understand people the way they are, you would know how to expect things from them. Right? So I say this. The most lighthearted people in the world are people who give and expect nothing back. People who look forward to no one for nothing. If you do good to them, they think they're God. If you do, if you, if you do, if their good deeds does not return to them, they trust God for it. Right. So we've reached the the final, the final bit of this. And I'm so sorry if I took your time again, (laughs) but we must learn to guard and protect our hearts in the season with these things I've stated and I hope that is is going to help somebody somewhere, right? And uh, I promise you, if you apply these things into your life, you will live a life full of contentment and free of hurt. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for you today. So I just pray over your heart and I pray that this will help you. This will penetrate your heart to your mind and you, you will be able to apply it with the help of the Holy Spirit in your life. And free your heart from the hurt, free your heart from expectations, free your heart from people, free your heart from things. Okay? Let go and let God because only God is the one person that is sure and true. And anyone that puts their trust on him never fails. So I pray that God will be the custodian of your heart in this season and protect it from every hurt and give you the wisdom to follow people, to follow life in the way that would serve you and serve you well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening and see you on the next episode. now. Please head over to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. We appreciate you sharing and being a part of this community. Until next time, keep living your best life. And remember, your gifts will make room for you when you make room for God. Do better because you know better.